everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 18th edition of the 1853 podcast of Mama's 2018-19 school year, we have a Rankin Brothers double feature. Theater professor Doug Rankin will give us a preview of the first theater production of the 2019 spring semester. Then college editor and historian Jeff Rankin will preview the winter edition of the Monmouth College magazine. And sports information director Dan Nolan will bring us on home by updating us about winter sports at Monmouth, as well as mention the Scott Spring Sports, whose seasons are just around the corner. Before we get into this week's program, some notes about events taking place on campus. A reminder to check out Elizabeth Falk's wonderful art show, You Are a Monument, it's now on display in the Lenji Everett Gallery in Hughes Library, and it will be on display through February 13. Also, don't forget that Weekly Chapel is held every Monday afternoon at 12.10 in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. Monmouth Chaplain Terry Ott and Assistant Chaplain Jessica Hawkinson always provide a great message and program. And if you can't make it to Dahl Chapel, you can watch it on the college's YouTube channel where it's live-streamed youtube.com slash College. Finally, a huge shout out to the dozens of folks who work tirelessly behind the scenes at Monmouth College. Before, during, and after the polar vortex descended upon and enveloped the region in record-setting sub-zero weather, the Monmouth folks who work in facilities, dining services, campus safety, residence life, and other essential everyday offices we're on campus to make sure that our students' needs were met. The phrase, great to be a Scot, is thrown around a lot at Monmouth, but during the recent bitter blast of winter, it was truly great to see so many people actively care for the current generation of Scots. For Sarah DeLapp's critically acclaimed play, The Wolves, the stage of Mamas Wells Theater will be turned into a soccer field. The unconventional set is but one example of what makes this play a must-see. It will be directed by Mamas Theater professor Doug Rankin, and it will be performed February 21 through the 24th. Tickets are on sale now, which you can purchase online at mammothcollegeedu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. The Wolves, which is DeLapp's debut play and was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize, is about a high school all-girls soccer team that must navigate the challenges both on the pitch and in life. Doug says he was drawn to direct the play after seeing it last year in Chicago. Um, I happened to see it at the Goodman Theater last February, and I thought it was just a really intriguing play, um, really different, um, almost not a play, but a play at the same time. So um, it's, it's been a, a real joy to work on, and, I really, um, and, and I'm really into the idea of theater in a different format for a different type of audience 
as well as our traditional audience. One of the aspects of The Wolves that Doug especially likes is how its dialogue covers both everyday and serious topics, and sometimes at the same time. It's so kind of brilliant and yet sort of pedestrian at the same time. And you hear the elements of the classroom. They're talking about the projects they're working on or what they're studying in school. And didn't you know about this? Oh, I knew about this. But you're also talking about world culture. You're talking about um, importation, deportation issues that are common to today. Um, You're just talking about the world as a whole. And then you're talking about some really personal issues um, of life and death and uh, families. And it's, I mean, at the end, they were sitting around kind of crying. It is a very um, emotional uh, play uh, that you just don't always expect is going to come out. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa. So I think the audience will be intrigued um, to sit through this and see where it goes. The cast in Momnist production of The Wolves draws not only on theater majors, but also from the college's athletics department as well. I've been uh, really lucky. I started working on uh, recruiting some people about two years ago when I first thought about this show. So I've been working kind of heavily with the athletic department and trying to recruit um, some talented players. Uh, One of the issues is some of the more talented players also play lacrosse and other spring sports, and they really couldn't fit it into their schedule. So ultimately, we were able to have three uh, soccer players audition, and three of them were cast. One had to drop out because of lacrosse, but we've got two very talented uh, soccer women uh, from the Monmouth College Fighting Scots, and about um, six or seven uh, fairly talented uh, veterans of the art stage, as well as one or two newcomers. So I think it's going to be a really good combination of talent um, in both athletic talent and acting talent. The Wolves takes the notion of an ensemble piece to another level altogether. Not only do several characters share the stage and story, but they often speak at the same time about different topics. And that's one sort of challenge because um, you have to have them pretty much all here the whole time um, everybody it's just like little short lines bang 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 and many simultaneous lines which has been another challenge I've never quite seen a play written um, with simultaneous lines and just the way it's printed on the page um, the, every line almost has two or three other people saying their own line at the same time so it has to be a really wide page that it's printed on um, so we have to decide what's the more important line what one gets kind of pushed in the background and which one does the audience really need to hear and it's that's tricky that's that's one of the most creative uh, problems I've had is just figuring out how do you get nine people or eight eight or nine who are ever on stage at one time to speaking all at once and still get the script message out to the audience. Um, it's a lot of fun and a lot of um, frustration. Doug says that the wolves may be a difficult play to read because several lines are said simultaneously, but its lines especially come to life, he says, once the rehearsal began. Uh, when I first read it, you know, just sitting alone reading this thing, it was like, this is really disjointed and weird. But once everybody kind of got on stage on a field and they just, it, it felt like, oh, I'm here. I know this. I, I can I can believe this. And I think just, I, and I was wondering how the actresses would, um, you know, respond to this because most of them hadn't read it at all when they auditioned. And when, as soon as they sat down, they were like, you could see smiles coming over their face. They were like, 
Oh, I see where this is going, and that's really kind of cool. Uh, I've never quite seen that before in past directing projects. That's Monmouth Theater professor Doug Rankin previewing the upcoming production of Sarah DeLapp's The Wolves. It will be performed February 21 through 24 in the Wells Theater. And to get tickets now, you can purchase them online at monmouthcollege.edu slash theater. And that's theater spelled R-E. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. The winter issue of the Monmouth College magazine will soon be in mailboxes. The cover story of the 49-page issue is about the college's new STEM majors, data science, engineering, and neuroscience. The issue also includes several great feature stories about Monmouth alumni and students, as well as a look back on last fall's homecoming activities and events. Jeff Rankin is Monmouth's editor and historian, and the person responsible for the magazine. He says that illustrating this issue's cover story presented a unique challenge, which was solved thanks to the creativity of the liberal arts. You know, for the cover, uh, we weren't really sure how to illustrate a program that had not yet uh, begun. So we decided to create sort of a chalkboard background. And we had a, a, one of our students who was an art major and, um, and also a math major, uh, Natalie Curtis, create the, uh, the, the graphics on the chalkboard with students posing in front of it. So it uh, kind of gave it a, an interesting uh, look that uh, sort of uh, encompassed the whole uh, broad story. Jeff says that the cover story, written by Barry McNamara, does a great job expressing the enthusiasm surrounding the start of the new academic majors. And we've seen a lot of excitement uh, with prospective students who want to get into these emerging fields. So we interviewed some of the faculty who helped write this curriculum. And um, we can, you can tell from the story that they are very excited about it. They think it's the, the future of, uh, of Monmouth and the future of, of those industries. Um, so uh, we, we just kind of covered the bases as far as what we're planning to do. Uh, what we think it, it will accomplish uh, for uh, keeping Monmouth a vibrant uh, college for, uh, the, for years to come. As Jeff notes, the cover story about the new STEM majors is but one article in this issue that deals with many successes taking place in Monmouth's academic programs. We have several uh, stories about uh, students who have really done remarkable things as far as research and b- being awarded uh, for, uh, for their research and, and other uh, types of in-depth study, uh, how, fa- how some of our faculty have really been doing some unique uh, uh, programs and uh, research projects. Each issue, uh, we have the uh, really good uh, problem of having to decide what areas of academics uh, we want to r- write stories about. Uh, it just seems like uh, the, the, the number of stories that our faculty are uh, generating are just... Uh, the magazine's winter issue also includes several interesting feature stories that deal with sports, both with students and alumni. 
We've got some interesting stories that all kind of focus on sports in different ways. Uh, one of them is a, a profile of a recent graduate who graduated in December, uh, Thomas Lesniewski. Very an ins- inspiring story about how he has just become uh, uh, football. Has his life is centered around uh, being the best he can, can be as far as like setting the record for sacks and defensive play uh, for the Fighting Scots. So uh, we've got that. We've also got a story that goes back in time a little bit to uh, actually 1907 when uh, one of our uh, former great athletes, uh, Walter McMillan, he was not uh, really that well-known, but he was called the Prince of Monmouth Athletics at the time. Um, and the story was written by Emeritus Professor of History, Bill Urban. So it, uh, it's an interesting look back on what sports were at the turn of the century and how they really have continued to be an important part of Monmouth, uh, the, the, the campus life and, and also beyond uh, campus and beyond graduation because he went on to a very inspirational career as a, as a high school coach uh, in, in later years. Uh, another uh, sports-related story is uh, a focus on George Van Hagen from the class of 1983, and he recently competed down under in the triathlon in Australia. And what makes the story particularly interesting is that he was his inspiration for his competition was his father, who actually was at Monmouth during World War II, but not as a student. He was here as a naval pre-flight cadet. But it was, uh, his father passed away right, you know, in recent years while he uh, was competing. Um, and so he, he used uh, his father's message and, and inspiration to uh, get him, himself ready for competition. That's Jeff Rankin, Monmouth College editor and historian, previewing the winter issue of the Monmouth College magazine, which will be arriving soon in a mailbox near you. And after the issue is delivered, you can read it online at monmouthcollege.edu slash magazine. Before we move into this week's athletic segment, a reminder of the multitude of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash Monmouth College. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth. And to warm up during this cold spell of weather, be sure to check out some hot songs that Monmouth College has on Spotify. After Thursday night's basketball games at Cornell College, but five games remain in the Monmouth women's and men's regular seasons. Then hopefully it's on to the Midwest Conference tournament for both teams, The tournament takes the top four finishers in the regular season. Heading into Thursday's games, the men were in a three-way tie with Lawrence and Rippon, and the women were tied with Rippon for first place. The person who can dissect both basketball races more than a dozen ways is also the man behind MonmouthScots.com, 
your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related, and that is none other than Mammoth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. Dan says that Scots fans could see history in the making on the hardwood by the end of February. First time, um, perhaps maybe ever, that uh, we've had both teams uh, still in the hunt uh, this late in the season. We've got six games left. Uh, uh, if we go back to Thursday night uh, with that Cornell game, they got pushed back from Wednesday due to the uh, uh, polar blast. And uh, But we're, we're really... Uh, uh, have two teams in it and really excited about that. And on the women's side, just might wind up hosting the whole thing. Dan says that as long as the Monmouth basketball women continue to take care of business, they should be in good shape come conference tournament time. It really looks it looks good, I think, for us with the six and, and well, now five games remaining. Uh, we just have to uh, keep doing what we're doing and uh, uh, just play well down the stretch here. Uh, we've got a big game coming up on Tuesday with Knox. Uh, Knox gave us one of those league losses, uh, so we'd like to avenge that. And uh, then, you know, if it comes down to a tiebreaker, you go head-to-head competition. So if it uh, still remains with us and Rippon, uh, that's going to be a, a huge game when we play Rippon up at their place in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we beat them here, but uh, they need to get that win back in, in order to uh, make it an even head-to-head. Uh, so maybe Knox might be the, the uh, key factor there you know they beat us but we need to to get them to split and then uh, see how things shake out you know we uh, uh, split with Lake Forest also so you go down the pecking order it gets it gets a little tight uh, but we just have to win on the men's side Dan says the strategy is also fairly simple if they hope to reach the Midwest Conference tournament we've just got to you know, win some games and uh, and get that uh momentum back that we had before we stubbed our toes with uh, Lake with uh, Lawrence uh, last Saturday and uh, you know Lawrence uh, has been fits uh, for us we've lost to him twice this year uh, by a uh, combined eight points so it was four points each game uh, so if it comes down to a tiebreaker with uh, Lawrence uh, we don't win that one uh, so we've got to just uh, like the, much like the women we've got to win the next three four games and indoor track and field is also turning the corner at Monmouth it's heading into the stretch run of its season. February 9th, we host uh, our uh, Fighting Scott Invitational. That'll be about an eight or ten team meet. So really uh, excited about that. And that will be our warm-up uh, for the conference meet. And although the recent visit from the polar vortex reminded us that we're still in the middle of winter in the Midwest, Dan reminds us that there is hope on the horizon spring sports are just around the corner yeah baseball and uh, softball and lacrosse uh, all uh, in action now and uh, you know baseball's uh, riding a high note after winning conference last year and and uh, going to the uh, NCAA tournament and they've got just about everybody back of course you know we lost uh, Bryson Shepard first baseman to graduation and and uh, uh, Asa Stevenson, one of our pitchers, to graduation. And then Grant Myers, a right fielder and a power hitter, to graduation. So we've got three of those holes to fill. But uh, Coach Paterni thinks he's got the, the guys that can fill in. And, you know, we've got, uh, with the exception of Asa, we've got really our entire pitching staff back. So I guess maybe the question is, is uh, who's on first? And uh, then uh, who's going to be in right field and take over the power hitting duties? Uh, you know, softball's been going for about a week or so, and lacrosse has been trying, <laughs> but the weather has just been so miserable, they, they haven't been able to get outside. So uh, talking with Coach Kleiber uh, today, the uh, the men's coach, he said, you know, I'd like to do something to be productive this week and, uh, you know, to 
to smooth things off over with him a little bit. We are doing the team photo day on Friday, so <laughs> at least that's one productive thing he's got going for him. But That's Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan, the man behind MonmouthScots.com, your official source on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. And don't forget to follow all of Monmouth Athletics on Twitter. You can do that by following MC Fighting Scots. And that's going to be a 30 for this 18th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2018-19 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Thank you.